Welcome to Bailing, Scanning and Barbecue. My name is Wilson Watt and I'm a former hunting and fishing guy. Join me on the live stream and podcast every Thursday night. I interview guests from all over Australia and the world. Join me on my YouTube channel as I bring you highs and lows of the adventures I do with my mates and myself. So don't forget to check it out and subscribe. Thanks guys. Ladies and gentlemen, hope we're doing well. Welcome to another episode of Bailing, Scallion, Barbecue. Um, today, I have my first um, female hunter and fisherwoman, fish I should say. Uh, so her name is Bianca Pollard. She is, I'll let her tell you more about her, but she's in Northern Australia up that way. We'll get into that. And um, yeah, she hunts by herself. She does a lot by, on her own, but she also likes to have a beer and, and have hang out with her mates. So um, yeah, first things first, but... I need you to do something for me. Okay. I've had a lot of people message me and talk to me and and ask questions. There is a comment section. Please chuck your questions in the comments. I've got no issues of answering questions, all that kind of stuff. I will happily read them out. Next thing is make sure you subscribe. Um, subscribe or if you listen to it on the podcast, please give a review. You don't have to write anything, just five stars and a little golden, you know, thumbs up or whatever. And that gets it out to everyone else. So um, I'll get off. I'll stop talking. Let's get over to the uh, young lady. And uh, how are you, mate? How are you doing? Hey, Lawson. How are you? All right? Good, mate. Good. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit stinging hot here, so I apologise. I I don't normally sweat this badly, so I um yeah I apologise for looking like a dirty old rat. Oh good, I love I love the heat. So like I'm in my element and I'm watching everyone else just bake away. So yeah, mate, tell us where you're from. Um, give us a bit of a rundown all about you. Um, for people who don't know, I, I found you on Instagram. Um, you know you're you're pretty much all over there. Um, I don't see you on Facebook. That's not your thing. If you're telling me about. But uh, tell us about, uh, yeah, tell us about your experience and, and where you're from and, and, you know, what you do. Yeah, so I originally grew up down in the Flinders Ranges in South Australia. Um, come from, like, all that desert area, which is Pitjantjara, um, Bangala land down there. So I was pretty lucky to grow up in a um, community school as well, So which is, I think, where half of my um, tracking and hunting and being out bush comes from originally. Um, and then I sort of been on the move ever since. So um, right from when I was a kid, my dad, like, right, like little tacker, bought me a horse and said, right, now you got to break it in. So that was, yeah, straight up. It was like nothing was ever just handed to me. It was kind of like, this is how you do it. Same as a car. He said, you want a car, you got to be able to drop the oil, you got to change the tyres on it, you know, um, which is probably why I ended up a bit of a tom, like a bit of a tomboy, to be honest. Um and then, but it taught me a lot. He taught me a lot about how to be independent um, and fix your own stuff and sort of get by without having to do that emergency sort of call all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I just love the desert, the heat, like just being out bush and, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, talking about heat, where are you from, mate? Where are you, where are you based now, actually? Where are you based? So where at the from? moment I'm in Townsville, but I've spent years up in Darwin in the Territory um there's not a day go by that my heart doesn't bleed to get straight back there so i've only been here for a few months sort of thing um and yeah look you can't once you've been up the territory and you've lived up there it's like heaven you know what i mean it's just it's such beautiful country a lot of people just sort of get up there and the first thing they hear about is like the build-up season and stuff like that but yeah look if you're an outdoor person like me that's it's just the play, it's a massive outdoor playground. You got all your fishing, all your hunting, you got everything from pigs to geese to buffalo. You know, there's nothing up there really um, that you can't do. So, yeah. yeah. So, what do you what do you do for work, mate? If you don't mind us. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, so, um, all this stuff um, costs money. All my toys and hunting stuff and guns and fishing rods and spear guns and scuba diving gear and everything that I do. Um, it costs a lot of money. So, yeah, I'm a paramedic in the army, So, which is why I wish I could spend more time out hunting. But, unfortunately, my job does drain a lot of my time. But 
it's not yeah. a chore. I absolutely love my job, Blake. I really do. I really do love being in the army and love being at Bush. Yeah. I've uh, seen some of your clips on Instagram, and um, you're driving yeah. around in a <laughs> in a serious uh, serious hunting mobile. It's a um, yeah, a nice yeah. thirty cal or fifty cal on top. So um, yeah, yeah I wouldn't, wouldn't want to be a pig straying across you out in the out in the um, out in the bush when you're in one of those things. Do you know how hard it is? Because I spend most of my life in an Aslav or a bucket, which is the big tanks or a big tank with wheels on it versus the track. So either or, but. Um, it's crazy. So I got my head out the top and um, we're just cruising around doing everything we do in the army. And it's really hard because the boys are on the headset, you know, talking and they haven't heard me say boo, which is unlike me because I normally like I can talk underwater pretty much, but <laughs> they don't hear boo out of me. And they're like, wait, Polly, are you still there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is when you're out, when you're up, especially if you're up in Darwin or I'm up at high range at um, here at Townsville, all you see, and especially you're in high range, is deer tracks, pig tracks. You know, so my eyes are just constantly scanning the ground um, because I'm not having to drive, just scanning for tracks and any signs of any hunting and stuff like that, which is frustrating because sometimes you do, you see some really fresh tracks, but, you know, you're on a bit of a mission with work, so you kind of can't really just take the tank yeah. off to the other side and go tra track what you've just seen, you know. Like, yeah. It's a bit hard to do that with that. Uh... With all the, the where you call them, the officers watching you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, mate, who who got you? You said a little bit before, but who got you into your hunting, mate? Who who got you um, into your hunting and your fishing? Definitely my dad and my brother, my um, eldest brother. He's he used to go out up to the top of the Flinders and hunt heaps of um, wild, wild goats up there all the time as well. Um, my dad, massive fisherman. Um, he's, he's, um, they built a snapper ground. I don't know if anyone knows anything about down, um, Coltana way, but there's shacks all the way along Port Augusta down there. So my grandfather built one of the biggest snapper grounds in Port Augusta up there. So he okay. spent, and then, you know, catching, um, going crabbing all the time and razor fish and squid and snapper, you name it. I think the passion was always there, but I think the other side, mum always wanted that that daughter that would, you know, get dressed up in dresses and, you know, be a secretary or a, a clerk or something somewhere. And mum was constantly arguing with me to put shoes on, you know, put some clothes on. And and I was just constantly running around with no shoes on, out, you know, like doing anything and everything as a boy, basically. And mum would be like, where did, I, I had a daughter. I don't know where she went in all this, but um I think dad's secretly proud of the fact that I'm such a tomboy. Do you know what I mean? That I just get out and just do everything and don't let that sort of barrier sort of stop you in a way, you know, but yeah. 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 No, that's all right, mate. That's um, no, very good. So um, is your, you still hunt with your father these days or? No, like dad's, um, dad's had like a few health stuff like that and they're, they're down in South Australia and um, it's too cold down there for me. Like I can't, um, I can't handle the cold. Like I, I really can't handle the cold. So, um, I think there's a lot more to hunt up this end. I mean, in South Australia, you can hunt um, a lot of the deer down there too. There's Sambar and Chill down there that run all through um, Yakandanda and Clare and the Adelaide Hills and stuff like that. But as places get more populated, it's getting harder and harder to hunt. But I know that the um, the feral goats up there are just trash at the Flinders Ranges too. So. Yeah. I haven't been, you know, if I get back there eventually and stuff. So most of my, actually my whole family's down in South Australia. So, um, yeah. yeah what was that cool. question that went down the bottom? Oh, Lazy Fisher, um, good mate of mine, Richard, was saying when you could catch snapper. Obviously, um, Definitely. South, yeah. South yeah. Australia changed the rules and all that. Um, yeah. And, and like, I understand, like, the fishery. I know, like, up here too, like, um, in Queensland, the Mackies, you know, like, I, Got a massive Mackie not long ago, and um, you only allowed like one or something like that. And I know it's to keep the yeah. stocks, the stocks, you know, numbers down, but it, it is definitely frustrating. Um, yeah. but that side, cool. but I remember the snapper when my grandfather was alive were um, huge like there was huge numbers. You, you know, you're getting 30, 40 pound snappers, you know, with the, the big nuts on their heads as well. And and yeah. now you, you go out and they're they banned a lot of it for a long time, especially the cuttlefish as well. 
and then for the time that that was banned, you've seen the numbers slowly come back up again, and then now they're actually getting good snapper up there again now. So, yeah, yeah I, I see. I, you see both sides of it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. and, and why uh, it's like that? Yeah. I'm a big one for the um, the American system. I <clears throat> obviously the hunting the hunting game and all that. It's very very difficult. And um, but if we if we kind of went a bit more of I'm ha- I'd be happily go and pay a fee to go yeah. shoot pigs a year, you know, like 50 bucks mm. to go shoot, you know, as many pigs as you want for the year. I'd be happy as Larry. And that way that could go towards um, someone for work, you know, getting yeah. Aboriginal community to be wardens or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But just there's there's a different way of doing that personally. Um, we did that. Know. We did that with geese in, in Darwin, you know, like I've still got my geese permit. It was like $180 for five years for a permit. Um, oh, yeah, Marty. Hey, Marty. Um, yeah, like you, for your geese permit, you know, it's like $180 for five years. So what I love about it is... $180 is fine for five years. That's no, that's, that's it's, understandable. It's, it, it's yeah. amazing because then you've got that and then you've got all these areas that you can go um, shoot magpie geese and that's is a lot it, of fun. Like, I yeah. love magpie geese shooting. Oh, I bet. And I, I've yeah. never done yeah. it, but I've seen it. And they taste, I've, I've heard they taste amazing. They're um, yeah. what they call yeah. The river filler of the sky, or something like that, which is, um, you know, it's a pretty cool name. So, yeah. But when you just tell me, because I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't read into all the laws and all that too much. I am um, obviously if I'm going somewhere, I read it. But, yeah. um, that 180 bucks for the five years, mate, is that, um, sections? So, like, national park you can go on to and you can hunt or whatever, whatever the like, is there something like that in part of it, or is it has to be private land or something like that? Well, you can, you can like, I mean, I've, I've get out and um, culled a heap of them on, are they awesome to eat? Yeah, they are. They're actually really good. If you make yourself a Thai a green curry out of the magpie geese, they're absolutely amazing. Like, um, but yeah, so with um, like heaps of stations and stuff like that, they, they want them cold because they've, they've clearly, and the geese are smart, you know, like they, they know in those hunting reserves that they'll take flight. So you've got to be out there a certain time before they, before they take flight, um, to catch them because if they get too high up, then your shoddy doesn't get up that far. So, you know, you've kind of got to hit them at that right spot. But some geese in some reserves, they're so smart, they'll come and they'll be there. And then right when they take off, because there's time limits as well of when you're allowed to shoot and when you're not allowed to shoot. So you've kind of got to shoot at a certain time. I can't remember what the – yeah, there's a few there. Like, um, and I think it's, it's three per day, um, but if you get out on properties, um, like I've, I've taken about 38 in one – in one shooting you know like i've just made the sky rain geese it's but that's been private property and the the factual farmer said to me i want them gone like they are just an absolute pest you know so you can do that but if you're in the reserves which is why i, I swear by paying for things like i'm happy to pay the 180 dollars because if the ranger comes in i'm not putting my gun license at risk or my or my foil drive you know and or my quote i'm not having all that seized for the sake of you know 180 dollars you're doing the right thing and you're in the reserve and, you know, you're following the rules, you know, so, yeah. So um, I, I've never hunted them. So what, what what do they actually do? What are they a destructive animal? Are they killing? Because um, they're obviously not, na- uh, you know, they're not natural. Um, what are they, no. they doing? Um, well, not only are they covered in lice, like if you, um, when you get them, yeah, they're, they're riddled with lice. So they're not the sort of... Um, hunting that you and take dogs out to go retrieve the geese. Um, normally you just take, you know, a couple of your mates, little t- little kids with you, and they're quite happy to run out and get the, um, go pick up all the geese, but you don't want dogs going out retrieving them because they are covered in like a, a, like a white lice all over their face and scale stuff. So I think yeah. the biggest problem with them, they move a lot of diseases all around the place as well. Uh, okay. Yep. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. As well as like they're in mango farms, so they just wander around the mango farms um, as well. So they cause the mango growers a lot of a lot of grief as well. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. It's um, it's something I've always wanted to to do, and um, especially you know I I would just love to sit out there and yeah, the floodplains, Northern Territory floodplains. It's um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you just you just say that, and I I, I get chills. It's um. You know, yeah. I just love I just love hunting flood pines. It's just the best thing. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what, what, my, sorry, mate. What was that? I think one of my favourite um, memories, hands down, um, would have to be 
I think there's a photo of me with a sunset setting on my quad um, on my Instagram page that my mate took that photo. Um, that was the most like surreal thing that you, if you know, there was a moment in your life where you're like, you know, hey, I've had a good life. I'm, I'm happy to go now. It would be up on that hilltop. It's up by um, where the, um, it's called China, it's Silver Creek or Copper Creek. It's in the territory. It's up not far from Nayu. And you get up there and there's this massive hill where these old um, Chinese people used to mine in there. And then so half the dirt's been pulled up and pulled out. And um, you get on this cliff and you look out and the whole floodplain is just, it's like in the wet season, there's just the mirror of the water, the sunset going down. And then you've got Maggie's taken flight, but you've also got, if you look further, you've got the buffalo just migrating because they're on the move in dusk um, and at nighttime. So on dusk and just standing there, just taking it all in and just hearing hearing Mm. that, you just, it's like words cannot explain that feeling. It's just like any, every hunter's dream is just to stand there on the sunset and watch all that happen and hear it all with, you know, just silence, you know. Uh, it'd be it'd be the best, um, you know. I've yeah done done a lot of ensembles and stuff, and um, you know, I, my partner said to me, "Oh, why?" You know, she said to me the other day, "Oh, yeah, you're a bit shitty at the moment. What's going on?" And I said, oh, "I just really want to be on a swamp. I just want to be walking around a swamp um, yeah. and just just relaxing." But um, to me, that's yeah. a good good way of relaxing. But um, yes, yeah. uh, Richard, we will do a trip. We'll um, we'll do some some geese shooting, and uh, we'll go and catch some. Some proper fish in, in Darwin one time. We need to do it. Um, oh yeah. So mate, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've I've caught enough barra. I'm not too stressed about barra, but I'd rather go out catch the reefies. To be honest, it's, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I love I love my stuff. Yeah. But you, you consider yourself a bit of a um a bit of a cook. We've talked about a fair bit. Um, you and I through Messenger and stuff. Yeah. And um, you you obviously you can't really eat the pigs up there. Um, you can if you like. Uh, in certain areas, but um, you you love shooting your buffs and you love making jerky. Um, can you tell uh, us a bit about that? Yeah, well, like the problem with pigs, they're they're covered with um, leprosporosis, TB. You know, any hunter knows that you you cut a pig open and majority of them are TB. Or um, you can't really see the lepro, but the TB you can. Um, yeah. And like, it's not really a but the buffalo. Yeah, look, like hands down, I think a lot of people blow a lot of the buffalo off because. A lot of people I've given them to and then said, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, it's jerky. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then I've eaten it. And they're like, oh, geez, that's really good jerky. And I'm like, yeah, I know, it's buffalo. And they're like, what? Like, didn't have any idea it was buffalo at all, you know. Like, it's um, it's one of my favourite things to eat is buffalo, hands down. Um, but oh, that's me and the girls out hunting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with with the buffalo, they're, um, they're not – how do I put this um, – it's great to, to head out and go buffalo hunting, but you've really got to, like one thing that I said my father has always taught me, um, and I've, got, I've come from the most amazing family, which is why I see so many people now on Instagram that are taking their kids out hunting, and, and that, just, that just rings straight through my heart because that's, you know, my dad taught me stuff about animal behaviour. And so when I, when I first got up to the Territory, one thing I had to learn was the behaviour of a buffalo, like, you know, breaking horses in and having horses my whole life, the behaviour of a horse and then the behaviour of a, um, a buffalo is sort of sort of the same animal behaviour, like that that wild behaviour, um, but buffalo at certain times of the year, they they their characteristics change. So in March, um, that's, their, that's their breeding season. That's the season that you really, really, really got to be on edge. So if you are heading up to, to Darwin to do a bit of buffalo hunting, um that's probably the area where the big the big bulls are going to start charging you and I've, I've been charged a few times now um and in i think in between in the dry season so in may and october the males and females split up so the females go off on their own and normally the um dominant female will take that herd and if there's a couple of calves that's they'll they'll be there and the bulls go off by themselves so they'll head right out to the floodplains and they'll just spend most of their day out there in the drier area, the complete wider floodplains, um, whereas the females tend to hang in that scrub area a little bit more um, in that area. And as soon as, um, because I grew up in community, when I got to Darwin, um, I was very lucky enough to be sort of um, adopted through kinship through 
the NAU community. So that's why I've got um, elders up there that, um, and I absolutely love my elders. Like you, you have no idea the amount of respect I have there. And the hunting ground that I have up there too is is all built on like sort of family tradition and, and respect for your elders and, and stuff like that. So when I first got up there on the first buffalo that I took down and um, there, was a, there was a lot of trial and error with that one, you know, like, um, but I'm one that I will hunt to eat. Like I'm not one just to go kill something and go, oh, that's a great trophy and then go, yep, great, take a photo and walk off. Um, I've been raised, um, my, my nanny used to um, bring home rabbits and stuff like that and make rabbit stew. So right from a kid, we've learned how to, Kill, nothing comes from Woolworths from a styrofoam container and everything was made to a stew, you know, and then you'd eat it for a whole fortnight, you know, you'd be sick of eating it, but you'd be still eating it. Yeah. Um, and it was really good for you. And so I think when I took that buffalo down, I remember bringing back, um, I, I cut up as much as I could. And, you know, one thing I'd really, really love to do one day is um, like if you, because did you say you had a background in butchering? Yeah, mate, yeah, I um, sadly yeah. I was a butcher for about ten years. Um, so uh, can I can I ask for a request? Like, can can you one time do a um, a podcast on how to cut up a beast? Um, because that would be gold. Like, I, I remember the first I, I was ferrying all the meat back on on my quad, and there was blood running all down my quad. And I took it back to um, Rolly, one of my elders, and Rolly said to me, "Oh, what do you what do you call that, bub?" You know, and I was like, practice. And he just, he looked at me and he looked at it and he, he sort of laughed a bit. And um, it's been one of those things that, you know, you, you cut up a lot of animals. I used to cut up sheep um, yeah. when I was down the shacks and used to hang them up and bleed them. And it's a bit different when you're cutting up, you know, a 900 kilo bloody <laughs> buffalo. And it's, it's a lot of meat. It's heavy. And you've only got a certain amount of time to butcher it. And there was a lot of mistakes I made. Like the first thing I thought was, okay, I'll, take the head off first, you know, like I'll, I'll bleed it like you do, you bleed it, get that adrenaline yeah. out, and then take the head off. Well, didn't realise how hard the head is to sort of come off because you've got to go back so many notches on the back of the neck and yeah. you understand why buffalo smack their heads together, you know, like the strength in their head and the neck that they've got to have in order so they don't snap their necks when they're fighting. Yeah tried to understand how to get the head off and that was that was a bit like oh like I remember I don't know how many knives I wrecked like trying to get the head off thinking I was like I'll take that off and then I'll put to the rest so I did everything ask about face so it's kind of like one of those trial and error things and I think I did more errors than I did trial but oh yeah I definitely want to get into butchering better than I do I mean I can bone and stuff but it looks a bit it doesn't look pretty when I do it. Does that make sense? It's not the cuts yeah. aren't something you'd be like have everyone around for a barbecue and they're perfectly cut, you know, like so, which is why I just got straight into um, doing jerky and cutting it all up and um, cutting it fine and especially the um, the rump, like the silver side part of the rump, you know, like that to me is my favourite bit because the lines of that muscle that come down is a lot easier to get all those strips. So my next project is to buy one of those machines that you, you know, that slices. Um, yeah, it's called this thing here. Yeah, but I do that. But then when you're cutting all that up, you know, but and then I always let it cure. Um, that's been trial and error too with my, um, yeah, I have used a chainsaw on um, to cut I, part of the, yeah, was not pretty. I've got a photo, but social media would um, yeah. crucify me if I put that up. But, um, yeah, so... The when you cut it all up, once I've cut it all up, I put it in, I let it marinate for like at least two days, and I like a real smoky, dry kind of um jerky. Yeah, so I'll like that, I'll marinate it, I'll let that sit for like two two days, a good two days, sometimes three days, depending on what area of the meat sort of it is. Um, and then that that dehydrator cost me a whole $234 and it, I shove everything in that. Anything and everything that I can put in there goes in that. In that, and then I, like, I'm not a doomsday prepper, so I don't want anyone to think I'm like this, you know, weird doomsday prepper girl. But um, I definitely will put all that meat. Like I've got the meat in the big deep freezer. And I'll pull it out, and then I'll cut it all up, and then I'll marinate it, and then I'll feed it all through the jerky machine. And then I've got a um, cryovac, so I put all my jerky in that, and then I cryovac it all. And then I just I can keep that for ages and and you know depends like if, especially if I'm going out field with work, 
you know, and I'm, I'm gone for six weeks or two months. You know, yeah. the rat packs are great, don't get me wrong, but, you know, when I go out there with big bags of cryovac jerky, the boys are just like, oh, what do you got? I was like, yeah, jerky. Because they're like, what? Like, so it becomes a commodity at, at work. But, yeah, they think I buy it, and then when they realise that I've actually done it myself, and it, it is a lot cheaper and it's it's pretty satisfying, actually, to, to you know. But like I said, so... Like Making your own jerky is the best. Um, and I think... Um, I've had a, most of my jerky that we've had is deer deer jerky, um, yeah. and I've had I've had a fair bit of um, buffalo as well. And yeah, it's unreal. It's it's so much better. Um, I'm going to go back for what you started off, and you started off yeah by saying community. So um, mm. I knew what I knew what you meant, but I, I we're going to for the viewers and the, the people yeah. who don't know and are not from um, are not from Northern Territory. Mm-hmm. Okay, York. They're not going to understand what you mean by that. So you, yeah. you talk about community and elders. Can you elaborate a little bit um, on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the problem um, with some people, they will try to find land to go hunt, um, and they'll just go off and poach in some areas, land, someone's land or something like that. Um, and even though there's no fences up, it doesn't mean that that's not a community land. So one thing that you you can do, and I know there's a few boys, um, especially up up in the Cape, and they hunt. They're actually hunting on community land, which is Indigenous land. Um, and then if they if you go in and you you can go out and you hunt, like if you if you do the right thing and you go and ask. Um, and then when you've cut up a massive beast, you, you're not hauling it all home. You you take it back to community, and it all gets sort of cut up and spread out amongst the community. So it ends up like a massive feast and which is which is and the elders used to do this all the time but as the younger ones are coming up like younger they're sort of losing interest in that and so when you spend a lot of time with a lot of elders and stuff like that they're they're they're, they are they're they're a lot of them are amazing and if you can get up there they can teach you a lot as well um especially um roller he's he's taught me um more than probably i could ever imagine you know about being up the top end and and stuff like that and the indigenous community is they, a lot of the community does lose a lot of its um, family gets dispersed around a fair bit as well. So, yeah, but there's, there's st- so much stuff you, you'll never find on the internet that you'll learn from community and elders. Yeah, definitely. For the people that um, don't understand, Bianca's talking about um, the Aboriginal communities have, um, depends where you are, but when, where I've um, hunted and, and I've, you know, my father's had access due to elders is a lot of them they get um sectioned off so you know that'll be that tribe that'll be that tribe so on and so forth so for people who don't understand what bianca's talking about um elders will always be given the they'll be they're originally called tos so traditional owners so for people um who for example for us when we you'd rock up to a kpl community you just can't rock, go out hunting um won't happen. You, you you need to go ask uh, the TOs. Um, in the case that we, when I was up there, we were allowed to go and, and hunt. Um, but the deal was you bring back the pigs. Um, and well, I, I loved it because it's pretty cool. You chuck up, you know, you chuck a couple of pigs yeah. in the back, um, give, it, give it to them and we'd go to the boat ramp the next morning and all the bones are at the boat ramp. And it was just like, yeah. what's going on here? And they would have done a, a cut Murray in the middle of the night, had yeah. their own. Um, you know, had their beers and ate their wild pork, and then they go and get rid of it at the um at the the boat ramp, which probably wasn't the best idea because uh, big old salty, he'll yeah, be, um, yeah. <laughs> be crunching on the bones. But um, that made us a little bit more wary around the boat ramps. But um, yeah. yeah, but for people who, who didn't understand what was going on, traditional owners are Aboriginals, and we're talking about Northern Territory, Cape York areas where they get sectioned and um, so forth. Um, any other words I should try and say properly? Try and no, no, you just nailed that. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a respect thing too. Like, you know, like, yeah. and not just that. Um, like, you, you, how do I put this? You can kind of get up there, and they will teach you stuff. Like, they'll say to you, like, if you're up there and you've asked for permission to go, and they're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And um, especially like, I've, I've been way up Arnhem Land, and I've been up hunting through Arnhem Land and fishing through there in areas that no one's allowed to go. And um, <laughs> You know, when when you get up into some areas, um, it it is it is mind blowing because they'll actually say to you, like, you know, what are you looking for? And you know, you tell them what you're looking for, and um, they'll actually say to you, then head that way, like, don't go to the other direction because you won't find anything on that way. So you could spend 
you've got all that land and then you just waste 12 hours of your day chasing one area where you're not going to get anything versus going to the other side where they'll direct you to go that way because, like I said, Buffalo, for instance, you know. I remember Ron was saying about the foxes, you know, um, predominantly they will run and then turn. Buffalo will do the same. Buffalo, predominantly he'll run. But then he'll the main um, the main bull quite often, or if it's a mother with a calf, she will turn or he will turn, and just watch you. So you know if if you are hunting them, that's yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. You can spend half the time up there looking out there, and they're not even there because it's this yeah. time of the year, and they're they're there, and that's what the elders can teach you. Yeah. Yeah. Now they um dad. So dad's and just left the actual. He actually just left um, where he was. Um, he was up at our original community for like two years now, yeah. uh, and three years before that, another place. And um, he he was um, he got pretty close to a couple of tos, and um, it was really interesting. Dad had hunted a lot in the area. You know, he had access. You you could go around and do different things and all that kind of stuff, and it was really fun. And um, he old mate rocked up one day and said, "Oh, I'll take you to this other spot you don't know about." And Dad's like, "Oh, yeah. I." I know most of the area because I've Googled it and I've looked at it and I've researched and studied it. Anyway, old mate took him to this new swamp and dad said, oh, there's about 200 pigs just sitting there um, yeah. under the you know, and dad goes, oh, it was just a, it was a, a simple left turn that I didn't get, I didn't take, um, you know, and it's just knowledge, you know, like he would yeah. have found it through his, his father or so forth and, you know, mm. just it keeps getting handed down, but um we need we need more of it, um, you know, and and obviously the um, the army have a lot to do with um, you know that kind of stuff as well. So it's it's always good. Yeah, we we're often um, heading up to some areas um, for community engagement, and and that's good too because when you you go up there and you actually do get to spend a lot of time with different communities. As I said, like when I grew up in Bungala and Pitjantjara community down um, Coltana and Port Augusta way. Um, down there, my my school that I grew up was was an oval, but it was just dirt because they hadn't was no grass but um yeah. uncle terry used to um bring we used to go get kangaroo and we'd build a big fire in the middle of the well whatever whatever the dirt and we'd build a big fire and put kangaroo tail in there like or yeah. we'd put an emu up and or teach us how to get witchy grubs and or building titchy wilches that was my primary school so I didn't, yeah like so i had the best and then uncle terry used to sit there um and say you know um he was one of the elders Basically, call him uncle and he used to sit there and he's on the sand just draw stuff what's that like and you'd be like and then he'd change it yeah so that's mm. Dee Dee. um she's like my sister up in um Nau, and they're just absolutely beautiful like I've, you've never seen people catch barra as as good and as quick as they do either you, you see people come up to the territory with these fancy rods you know They'll just hook barrel, just a line, you know, straight out, and yeah, just stuff like that. So there's heaps of things like that that you learn. You know what I mean? That you can, yeah, you just sort of get from from up there. But yeah, yeah. what's your um, what's your preferred, mate? Would you rather go hunting or fishing? Oh God, that's a hard <laughs> one. Um, well, I try to um, see because I do everything. Like I spearfish, I fish, I scuba dive, I wreck dive. I saw that. I saw you. Yeah, like I'm, um, I'm a jack of all trades, but probably a master of none, actually. Um, wreck diving's but, a little bit different. Hey? Wreck diving's a little bit different. Oh, it, it's especially up in Darwin, too, because you've got, like, all the World War II wrecks up there. So um, you've got to put in a permit, and they only release a permit every two years to certain specialised divers to hunt on one particular wreck because it's a gravesite. So um, it's... It's just beautiful when you're down there and you're in these wrecks that, you know, it's, to me, it's um, it's kind of special being in there. Plus you get to see fish's behaviour. So you see how a fish behaves under, underneath the water versus you fishing on the top all the time when you get right down on the bottom of these wrecks, you know, and you see like um, heap of golden trevally go through or anything, you, anything you're chasing, you just see them go straight past you yeah. and then you just, you, you actually see the, their behaviour and stuff. So that's what I said it comes back to my dad teaching me and, I think that's why um, I didn't used to take many photos like back in the day. Like I would just be out doing my thing, you know, and I always felt like a bit of an odd bod because all my friends were either, you know, going clothes shopping or whatever, handbags, shoes, everything like that. Whereas me, 
I'd just be out doing this stuff. So I didn't really do much of it. And then um, now that I'm a now that I'm a bit older, I'm well, I'm a fair bit older. Um, so because I'm 48 next week, by the way. <laughs> so I'm not. Yeah, I'm. 48. Not like 48, yeah, next week. You're getting that well, haven't you? Pardon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think. You, you you do learn a lot as you get older, and and you know I think with um with everything you you gone out and doing, you're sort of picking all that up along the way. Do you know? Does that make sense? Like as you as you're on this big journey, yeah. and then with, that's what I'm saying about photos. I didn't take many photos, and um it's only been lately that because you get on like we've had this conversation. I know what every I think every episode you've had we've had a little chat. Everyone's had a little chat about social media, and I I got hounded like I got completely hounded and um there was questions coming up over, did you even kill that pig? You know, you just posing by that pig, you know, and, and I yeah. just like at the, at the start, I was just like, what? So then after so much of that getting hounded, I, I ended up shutting my, my site down to private now because for me, when like I'm at work, um, like if I'm actually on base and not like outfield, but if I'm on base and it's lunchtime, I tell you, you cannot imagine how excited I get on a Monday, especially on a Monday at lunchtime. I sit there and I open up Instagram and every single scroll I do is hunting, fishing, pigs, and I love it. Like, yeah. and then I'm seeing families that are taking their kids out for their first hunt and it just it just makes my day. Like no matter how shit a day I might be having, just getting on there and that support from seeing everyone else out on the weekend, like even if like work's drained me and I haven't been out for a, a hunt in ages, I love watching everyone else put their photos up of the pigs and um, I even like um, I think there was one one guy on there, Pine Dogger, um, he, for instance, he, the where the pigs are there, like, you know, like what where he's getting pigs or the pigs down New South Wales and I love seeing all that. Like I can't get enough of, of logging on and seeing everyone's of what they get and how they're hunting, what dogs they're using and, you know, it's makes my day. So, yeah, well, that's why I've changed my setting now. Yeah. Which I took more photos years ago, maybe. Like, what? Now I just changed my setting now so that the people that I follow and the people that follow me yeah. are just all about hunting, fishing, hunting, gathering dogs, you know. And yeah. and it just, yeah, it's 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 a good community. Like, it's a really to me, it's a community as well. Like, it is a it is a community. Um, yeah. You know, I've I've just spilled my beer, so I'm you know I'm about to bring up you know. I I did put up I put up a couple of posts this week. Um, you know, obviously, like I always do, I put one up yeah. on Monday, put up one up on Wednesday or Tuesday. You know, I always put up a couple. Um, and you know, I, I did get a couple of shit comments that I, um, you know, who took the photo? And I just yeah, I felt yeah. like I felt like writing saying there's a it's called a time self. You know, it's a timer. You could chuck it on. Yeah. Most yeah. have it. Yeah. Um, you know, like yes, you don't always go hunting by by yourself. You'll sometimes take your mates, but yeah. Um, I just yeah, it was it was a real some negative negative comments. Uh, some one guy wrote a <coughs> wrote a, um, something about um, the buff one of your buffs, mm. um, you know, blood in, in one end, and you know, I, I didn't. Really oh read yeah, it. and yeah. And, and like I'm happy with that. Like if somebody wants to hit me up and ask me about that, I'm I'm happy to say, yeah, no worries. No worries. They'll, ne they'll never say it to you. Don't worry. Yeah. Never say, I, yeah. I've I've yeah. met people, um, you know, at meetings and stuff, and they'll happily say shit to about other people, but they'll never say it to you. Yeah. That yeah. um that infuriates me because uh, it's just it's not on. It's not fair. Um, you know, yeah. yes, yes, you're a female, but I guarantee you, you could do a beep test way more than me. Um. You know, yeah, I'd be spewing after two, you know, and you'd probably yeah. do your whatever you need to do. It's just, it like obviously, you know, it's one of those things. I I struggle with social media. I I love it, but I hate it. And like yeah. you, you get to, um, you know, you, I have my phone on me twenty four seven. I work for myself, so I kind of need my phone on me. Mm -hmm. Um, where I can see every comments coming through, I can see everything, and it really um infuriates me sometimes because I don't get a break from it and I, I end up having to turn my phone off for a couple of yeah. hours. And then, you know, yeah. you, know, you get that the, that feeling of, oh, cool, look at all the new stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, always... 
and it's like one of those things like my you know parents say you know you got to have a thick skin and I, I think i've got a sign in the house that says sticks and stones may break my bones but hollow points expand on impact you know and that's just a, <laughs> that's, that's just a a, that's yeah awesome. it's, it's just it, hey that's awesome i like that one Oh, and it just is it's like it's in my as I come in the garage, I'll see it. And it's like that constant reminder. People can say whatever. And sometimes it can be that little bit of neg like negativity. But at the end of the day, most people probably only see to the what they see there, but they don't see where I've sort of come from. Does that sort of make sense? So I try to look at it as though well, they're probably a little bit uneducated for a start. Yeah. Um, and that particular buffalo that I did put a hole in his butt, like um, mm -hmm. so I shoot with um a 375 Winchester iron sight. So I don't put a scope on that. And anyone that hunts buffalo will, can tell you right now, um, unless you've got a rudier but 308, you, you might want one on there. But with what I'm shooting at a, uh, with a 200 grain, um, buffalo's necks are like, they got like this much fat through them, like straight through their necks. So when you're shooting above, um, and like I said, it was trial and error with me. It was a lot of learning because I'm like shoot different things as I've grown up sort of thing, especially like kangaroo. I spent a lot of time shooting kangaroo. Um, but with a buffalo, that's what I said, I had to learn about the behaviour of a buffalo because when as soon as they see you and then they will quite often turn and run and with hindsight, you know, I'm not looking through a scope and I've got to be within 90 metres of that buffalo to get one shot and I'm, I, I'm not one that like people say to me, oh, you so it's so cruel. Like, I don't know, what did that pig do to you or that buffalo do to you? So I'm all about killing something and killing it quick. Like, I get heart-wrenched if I've shot something and it's it's done a runner. Like, um, it's happened to me once before, which is why that buffalo ended up, um, that was on a station, that big 900-kilo buffalo. And I had to get my mate to help me get the head and all. I felt it was, it was massive. I couldn't even carry the head out. Like, I think that's one of Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's this one. And, and I couldn't get his I couldn't get his head off. Like it was massive, you know. And that that shot that I did, yeah. So you can see my 375 there. So I shot him at 90 meters, but I still was learning about the behavior um of that of the buffalo, you know, like so what he done, he kind of done this pivot turn and I'd already let the shot off, and then next minute I got him in the ass. I made him pretty angry. But having a full like bullet hole in his butt and running, but then then when he ran and he turned back to look at me. That was when I took the second shot um, lever and I took that second shot and then dropped him. Like, so, yes, he had um, – and even my mate, like, Daryl at um, Coolinger Guns and Ammo in, in Darwin, absolutely love them people in there. Um, he even said to me, what the hell's with the hole in its ass? And I said, yeah, when I, when I told him about that, he goes, that's one thing, matey, about buffalo. You, you've got to understand the behaviour of a buffalo. If you're going to take if, – if you're going to have the balls to go out and hunt them, look into their behavior because certain times of year and especially with that one, like you can see where I got him. Like, and I should, and I was kind of glad that I took that second shot because knowing that, that, you know, that beast, beautiful beast too, would have been running around the bush, you know, with probably internal bleeding because I did shoot him fair and ass, you know? So, you know, that's that thought of that cruelty, you know, every hunter, I know every hunter has yeah. that unless you're, you know, no, like most hunters, especially deer hunters, like that, I sit and have conversations with them, and knowing that if they don't get that one perfect shot, that gut wrenching feeling of that deer running through the forest with bullet holes in them, you know, like you've seen the horror stories of, you know, they've found them with shot holes and, you it know, always happens. it's one of those things that just, um, yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 buffalo, buffalo are, you know, the they're the the monster. I, yeah. You know, the, yeah. of Australian hunting, you know, like look yeah. at the size of that thing. Um, you know, yeah. you're what you're five nine, five ten. Yeah, uh, I'm not very I'm not very tall. And like I'm only like what 62 kilo. So you know like he's you're he's even, massive. You're not even, you know, like the the width of its neck, you're not even the, the width of its neck. It's it's a monster yeah. animal. Um yeah you know, and, and I was I was really proud of that. You know like and and for when when I sent that photo back you know, even my dad, when I sent that photo to my dad, my dad was like, what happened to its ass? And when I told him and dad said, you, you're going to come undone one day. And, and he said, like, you need to spend more time um, with the elders and understanding the buffalo's behavior. Like, and that was a real learning lesson for me. And um, like, yeah, like, and as I said, like, sometimes I'll park my quad, like with some pigs, I'll park my quad, lean my, like, I've got like one of those gorilla grips 
and I'll put my phone on it and you do, you hit the little thing called timer or it's a little thing called video. And if you video it, when you go back in, when you go and video, if you hit pause, you can screenshot and take a photo out of your video, same as your GoPro. So, and the, but there's a lot of times where um, I, I will go out like um, and they and go up in the back there because I've got all that land up there to go wherever I want to go and hunt. And I, I do love this like solidarity, I think the word is, of hunting by myself because I think when when you've got a few mates around, you can sometimes get engaged in chatter and if there's dogs going everywhere, you know, you're always yelling out at dogs. And Whereas sometimes I just will head up my quad. People call me stupid, but I'll head up on my own and I'll start tracking and I'll track these buffalo um, mm. for, for so far um, and then stop, turn the quad off and just listen. Like, you, you, you know, you, you really do have to sometimes listen when you're on your own because you kind of not only have to be a bit wary that if you're in an area and you've got a, um, a big bull just coming out the scrub at you because if he's territorial, it's breeding season because you haven't read everything right. Um, and then there's been other times where, you know, you've had like a full on couple of months or whatever with stress with work or whatever. And which is why I love veterans hunt. I don't know if anyone follows veterans hunt. Um, to me, that means a lot because there's a lot of, um, a lot of war vets as well that have gone out hunting and um, they come back from hunting and they are gone away, sorry, with work. And then they'll go out hunting. And the reason they go out hunting, is just their little bit of space and there. And for me, hunting and fishing is therapy. So um, I quite often love going out with my mates. I've got a really good mate um, in in the Territory, um, absolute legend, taught me a lot going out pigging with him. And most of the time we didn't even care if we didn't get a pig. Like we were just out and it was therapy. It was just pure bloody therapy, you know. He's ex-army as well. So just going out and just having that good old yak, a couple of drinks and stuff like that and the dog's getting a run and, you know, and then there's other times that, you know, you go out by yourself and you're sort of you're in situations where you think, shit, I probably shouldn't have been here by myself. You, you know what I mean? Like I've had that a few times and, um, yeah, I got charged with a bloody buffalo. Two of my mates were there. That was a bit – that was on the big back at the floodplains. It takes like probably oh, a good five hours on the quad just cruising out to get out there. Um, but when you get out there, the buffalo are not spooked because they've never seen vehicles. They don't see anything or anyone and – um, went to take a shot and it was, I thought, like, I, I hunt with no shoes. So I'll get a couple lot of shit from this as well. Um, oh, while you run around with, you know, bikinis and shorts on, well, hey, I, my mum's been trying to control this since I was five to try to get me to put shoes and clothes on. I'm not changing. So I prefer no shoes, like, because I can sort of creep through the bush a lot better um, as well. But I got on this floodplain and like when the ground in the floodplain dries out as the big ground cracks open. Yeah. Um, and there was, I seen this massive buffalo up the back and I was like, oh, so we kill, all killed the quads. Boys just stayed. There was two of them on each quad. They stayed on there. I turned my quad off. I walked over and I thought, I'm going to get a shot. So I was about 120 metres out. And I thought, I'm going to have to get in closer. And it was just all floodplain, like just dirt and then there was this one tree went up like that now one thing if you're going to go on foot look for a tree to get up because if he comes at you you want branches to grab hold of and I just thought oh no nah, I'll be right you know so walked out a bit further got to about 80 meters and I realized that then I'd push past that tree he still hadn't seen me but that 80 meters was close enough for a 200 grain in the 375 to yeah. sort of take him so I shot him um and that shot, because as he pushed off that back leg, because with a buffalo too, a lot of people probably need to um, learn a bit too. With bulls, um, a normal scrub bull, he'll put his head down if he's going to charge you. A buffalo will put his nose up and he'll put his nose up because he gains distance between his eyes and his snout. So, you know, when the head goes back like that, the head goes back like that because he's gauging his distance. Yeah. Um, his head went up and he pushed off the back legs and I was like, shit. I sort of panicked a bit, took the shot, but the shot only like clipped him in the top of his shoulder, made him really angry as I was trying to go just underneath here because in the front you've got to go up and across to get through that hide into there. Um, there's no point trying to get a skull shot unless you can really get up close. Yeah. So you need to get that heart. We need to take them lungs out. Now, they can run up to 100, 200 kilometres with a bloody um, bullet hole in them and not even drop. So he 
as soon as I shot him, I pissed him off. He And I was like, shit, went to take the next shot. So stand there, just no shoes, shorts, and the boys just kicked back. I didn't even know they were watching. Went to take the next shot, my gun jam, because me and my mate done the reloads on him and, hey, we'd had a few drinks in the reload, bottlenecked out the brass, um, and it jammed. And I was like, shit, shit, and you get that big panic feeling come over you and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I kept trying to get the jam. I had I had a knife on me, but the last thing I'm going to do is start whacking a um, knife and he was coming at me and I thought, shit, I ran back to that one tree that went straight up like that and I thought, I can't even get up this tree. So for a couple of seconds, he was at that tree and I had thought nothing of it. I just grabbed my gun and panicked and smashed it against the tree. The round shot out and as he came around outside, I dropped him. And I, my heart was gone. My adrenaline was gone. I was just like, and I was looking, I was like, I don't even know if he's dead. But I got him in the head and he's in the garage, but I'm carving. I'm still busy carving him, but he's got a big bullet hole in his head, which is why I've started carving his head. But um, at close range, I turned around. There's both my mates, kicked back on their quads, feet up on the front, having a beer and watching me. And I turned around, I was so angry. I strutted back and I said, did you not think for one minute that, you know, to start the quad, set a round off? Like, I was shitting myself at that point. Like, and they were like, no, nah, no, nah. like, we knew you had that. And I was like, oh, I had that. I didn't have that. And they're like, no, nah, we thought you had it. We even betted on it. And I was like, what? They even bet 100 bucks each way. One, I was going to go down, end up with a, a buffalo horn in my butt going to hospital. The other one bet that I'd have it. But, you know, these are the things you need to, you know, if you're going to head up and go do buffalo hunting, Definitely learn to read the beast and the time of the year um, and your rounds. If you're bow hunting, I think speak to some professional bow hunters um, and find out at what range you need to take one with what compound on that as well. You know, like it's it's not, yeah, it's not small. You know what I mean? You do have to love your mate sitting back betting on me. And then when I asked them who who bet that I would actually take it, neither one of them would sort of like admit it. Like they were like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, not happy about it. But, yeah, anyway. No. Um, yeah, I would have um, given him a lecture myself. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a good, um, one of the good, good. Um, yeah, you're talking about learning the, the animals and stuff is um, – a guy in Cape York, his father used to be a um, a guide over in Ireland. He's uh, Alex Fullerton. His father um, was a buffalo guide years of probably the 80s, early 90s. I can't really remember. Did a podcast with him uh, a few years ago now. He's a great one to, um, to talk about um, the habitats and the nature and the, the way that the, the, the buffalo are. He um, yeah. got it on to deer now. He does a lot of deer hunting up around Charles Towers. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, he he talks a lot about um, how they are, the maturity of the animal, the way that they are. Um, yeah. You know, like you said, you know, a, a bull uh, buffalo, you know, when he lifts his head up, you know, he's smelling you. He's, he's working out the distance at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of factors. I know that um, if that happened to me, I'd be changing my my, um, my nappy straight away after that because um, yeah, yeah, I'd be shitting myself. So. Yeah. Well, I, I just I could just see an image of myself with my foot going down with no shoes on, going down into one of those big opened up cracks and not being able to go forward or back and all these things I thought about after. But I had another mate that um, he got charged as well and he ran up a tree and I remember he was he was filming this buffalo just smashing the tree and he's literally up in the tree watching this massive buffalo. You know, like they are they are not a force to sort of. But then uh, to be reckoned with, but then there's sometimes too where I've I've gone out and I've just sat and watched them. Like I I haven't. There's I'm very picky with what I with what I take with buffalo. Like if I'm um if I'm coming back to community, sometimes I will like if I see a female um I, if I'll normally pick the second female down if I can. I won't take that big hierarchy female um and then I'll sort of take her just for me and sort of depending on. You know, that's what I said. It's it's more about that whole, um, yeah, like you know, sort of what you can, what you're taking for for sustainability to eat and cut up and and bring and bring back, you know, as well as um. And if also sometimes if I see a um a female, like you know, I won't, and she's got a calf, I won't touch her. Like she's raising a calf. Like I'm not, you know, 
I'm not that way inclined. It's like everything because I've had mates growing up that um, that just used to go out and just shoot everything and anything, wallabies, this, that, whatever was hopping past. And I'm, I'm not really like, hey, if you if you you want to perfect your skills, go clay shooting. Like clay shooting, hands down. Somebody's throwing a clay up, that's perfecting your eye, following a moving target. You know, like that really hones your skills in. But popping wallabies and and stuff like that, yeah. you know, they're not a pest. So why take oh, them? Yeah, a wallaby is, is yeah, it's not hunting. You know, I kill one yeah. with a shanghai. It's 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 not really hunting. It's um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too easy, and uh, it's, personally, it's not even hunting. Um, dirty old they, wallaby. they just leave them everywhere. You know, like there's dead wallabies. You know, and you can see where their car tracks have been and and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah it's doing not, the wrong doing the wrong thing. It's it's not good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I did have another question for you, but. I've forgotten it right now. We'll, we'll quickly go to an ad and, um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. To outfitters, to hunting athletes and professional hunters. And you want the right camo? Check out Safari Supply Co. The most comfortable gear on the market. All right, mate. So um, we will wrap it up in a minute. Um, yeah. I've got a few more questions for you. Um, I kind of do, try and do a bit of rapid pace. Yeah. Um, See how we go. So if you had one hunt, okay, anywhere in the world, whatever you wanted to do, what would you know, what would be that hunt? Definitely it would be bison. I would love to go over to America um, and hunt bison on horseback with yeah. arrows. Yeah, like run them down and um, like from coming from that. My grandfather, um, my dad's father, he's actually American Indian. So my dad's a half American Indian. I did my DNA because I was so curious as to why I'm a bit weird. And I'm 40% German, 30% Scandinavian, which the Scandinavians clearly while up the water. And then I'm 16% American Indian. So um, I think that's where that hunter and gathering sort of thing comes from. So definitely love to get over and um, like get like chase the bison down with the arrow. Um, that yeah, that's my dream. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Dancing with wool stars, that's the go. Um, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. All right. That's um never had that one. That'd be um that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um yeah. what is your favorite hunting method or hunting style of you know, chasing buffalo or is it is it geese or is it fishing or um, um what would be uh, if you had one last thing to do before you died? You're going fishing, you're going hunting or definitely, definitely I think. I think the oh, like hands down, I love pig and like I can't I can't get enough of pig hunting. Like that whole adrenaline of you know like and um, but definitely would have to be my last hunt would have to be buffalo on the floodplains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's um, pretty good. Um, yeah. If you've got your three seven five uh, lever action, what else you got? Um, so I not long ago sold my um, Sabati. So I bought a um, Sabati 300 wing mag desert tack, um, the 27 inch barrel with 11 inch twist in it. That was yep. uh, I bought that for long range shooting, um, but I just not long ago sold that. I've got a Bastoli, which is my um, over and under shoddy. Hands down, love that. That's a little bit shorter stock on it, um, so it fits really nice in your shoulder, so you can sort of swing it around really, really quickly. Um, I've got my Marlins, so my 3030s. Can't get enough of Marlins. Um, yep. Love the content. Love the content, guys. You know, just got his license and it's 20. What should we go and have a look for? We're near the Gold Coast. Oh. Gold Coast. Um, no. I don't. Uh, I, I, and with that, I think, like, because I'm, I'm army, I move around, which... Um, is really hard because when you move, you've just lost all that hunting ground. Um, and then you come to a new area and people are a little bit skeptical and they're a little bit, you know, you're asking around places to go and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not a poacher. I won't go and start punching onto somebody's land. Um, I like to ask um, definitely. And if sometimes they'll actually come back to you and say, no, I've got nothing, but I've got a mate that definitely wants some pigs cleaned up. Um, I think it's a matter of just asking around. Um, it's definitely hard for me. I've just, as I said, I'm, I'm based in Townsville now and it's, it is definitely really, really hard. Um, and then the fact too, that I'm on my own too. Like I don't, I don't have a, um, a husband or a partner that I just go and, and hunt with. Do you know what I mean? So it's normally, 
if I'm asking around, people just get a bit panicked and think, hang on, who's this chick? Why is she asking for this stuff? So they kind of get a bit like off the back foot thinking that some mob of hunters have sent me in as a scout and next minute I'm going to bring a whole posse of 14 hunters in with me or something. It is just me and it's just me on my own and, and trying to get out and you just got to constantly just keep asking around saying, has anyone got any land and to hunt? I mean, at the moment I'm, I'm running my dogs. I'm pulling up at one spot, um, chucking them off the back of the ute um, and then driving off and I'm, I'm making them run because they need exercising. Like dogs need running and, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's actually another request I've got too, actually. Um, I, I'm full of requests. I would, like, you know, I mean, a lot of people would say, you know, their dogs are injured and their dogs, you know, uh, when they, um, you, you've lost a dog. And, and I've lost a few dogs now, like through a lot of things, through heat, completely ripped open, you know, you name it. But I think sometimes, like, some someone to really get, down to the nitty gritty of of the actual dogs when they're running because I know that when I've ran mine, if they haven't been, if I've been away for a while and I've ran them, they get muscle soreness. They get doms like we get doms. Do you know mm. what I mean? And then that whole dynamic of the dogs and you know people. Yeah, I'd like to learn a little bit more about. I mean, I've had dogs since I was like born. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, um, dogs are an interesting. One. They're um, amazing animal. Because um, vets see us as like bad, like oh they no, do, they do. You know? yeah. In towns, you're gonna find probably more vets are not not too bad. Um, yeah, where I'm originally from Ingham, which is not far from Townsville, and um, yeah, uh, you, you'll do all right there with with vets. Um, I, I've you know I'm not obviously I'm not from Townsville, but I've I think you'll there's quite a few hunters in Townsville, so you should have some luck there with finding the yeah. right one and probably. Um, Facebook pages or Instagram would be the, the place to find them. Um, but yeah, yeah. dogs dogs recover so quickly, um, but they're just like us. You know, we, I, I wouldn't expect, um, you know, someone like me to, to jump off the Ugo catch a pig and um, I'm not in peak peak condition, so to speak. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the dogs the same thing. Um, yeah, like they need work. to be ran all the time. You know, like I, I'm pretty much trying to get them out, exercise them every day. So that, that that reason, like if I actually get some time off and I actually can get out somewhere local, with, you know, to go do it, like go find some land or something like that, the dogs are not stuffed within five minutes, you know what I mean? Because that puts a lot on them and then they overheat and their kidneys down and, you know, we all know where that ends up, you know, so especially with the heat too, like, yeah. yeah. Once, the dog, once the dog overheats, it's normally um, that's it for them. They'll never be the yeah. same again. And people yeah. say, oh, they'll come back from overheat. Yeah, they probably do, but... Um, Especially your bigger, bigger dogs, they're not going to yeah. be the same, um, you know. And people say cut their ears and shit like that. Don't do that. Just um, I've never cut their ears like yeah, ever. Don't do that. Um, chucking them in the creek's not going to do anything. It's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, if you've got breastplates, take the breastplate off and, and um, yeah, yeah, get, get the air through them. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, put them in the creek's not going to do anything. It's, it's already too late. You want you want to just get the air to cool them down, moving game. You know, Take the breastplates off, um, yeah. But for God's sake, don't cut the fucking ear. Um, yeah, I've had guys say that, and you're just like, you're a knob. Um, go back to uh, Chef Camsey's um, question. Love content, guys. Just got a gun, his gun license, and, and it was 22. What should we go and have a look for near the Gold Coast? Um, Chef, personally, around Brisbane and the Gold Coast, if you haven't got properties, probably head on to inland hunting and and have a look, mate. Um, and you probably have to drive five or six hours. Um, I twenty-two, yeah, probably need something a bit bigger for for um, for a pig um, or goats or whatever you're looking at. But yeah, not much around Brisbane uh, and the Goldie uh, unless you got a bigger caliber and you need to start asking for permission. So, um, but mate, we're probably gonna should wrap it up there. I've, I've asked me, me questions that I I needed to. We've had a pretty good viewing the whole time. We've been been up around at ten. Um, Big thank you to Lazy Fisher for, um, yeah, um, keeping the questions coming. They're yeah. much appreciated, and, and everyone who has commented, uh, it's been it's been very good. It's a lot of comments today, and um, a couple of your mates have obviously chucked in comments like this. Um, so, <laughs> oh, that's my mate. I said to him, "I'm nervous. I'm going to swear because I swear a lot." And I said, "I don't know how I'm going to keep this PG, but yeah, I hope uh, I've managed it already." Uh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think I've got it 
um, swearing and stuff on it. So uh, as in on the yeah, yeah. I've, I've had two beers sitting here. I've actually spilt one of them on me. So um, yeah, don't stress, mate. It's um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm gonna try and do a lot more relaxed. Um, you yeah. know, and get more people on like yourself, and um, just just share the stories and. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'd love to get you back on. And, um, you know, I've, there's a few other girls have, have messaged me asking to, to come on. Um, yeah. You know, I, obviously, I, I go through, I, I, I watch a lot of people, uh, a lot of, yeah. you know, and I've, I'm always, you know, and I've, I've watched you for, I, thought I must have followed you years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a while back anyway, but, um, yeah, so thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, it. Uh, yeah. how, how do we how do we find you if we want to look at your what's your Instagram just for people? Yeah, just uh, my name. I didn't create anything other than my name, but yeah, look and and like I, like I said, I'm not an expert. I don't know like I don't know everything. I'm just learning as I'm going along. I said 48 next next thing, so you sort of next week you pick up a lot. But hey, if there's anything that somebody wants to send me a message and throw me some tips, that's that's where I've got to from there to now is learning from people giving me like lots of things like, hey mate when you do this do it this way and I'm like yeah cheers mate like I love it because information is gold you know what I mean it's yeah no you're yeah. exactly right information is key um you know keep 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 hunting barefoot um you know yeah. I am um, I guided in crocs and barefoot so don't stress um yeah it's the best way to do it especially if shit chases you you've got the um yeah yeah hey. Crocs yeah. in the full drive, and you get the fuck out of there. So, um, yeah, yeah. no. So, congratulations on uh, on your journey, mate. Really appreciate it, and um, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Have a good Christmas, everyone. Too. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, actually, yeah. before we leave, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Have a good yeah. One. <laughs> so this is the last podcast for the year, by the way. Uh, I am having a break, so uh, yeah. thank you for that. Um, yeah, so. Have a good Christmas, everyone. I'm going to put uh, a video up in the next week or so, uh, a massive giveaway. It's this bad boy here. It's the red dot scope. So, um, yeah, um, thanks, guys. Yeah.